Lord Jesus, we ask that you would use the Bible this morning to help us become more like you. And we pray this in your name. Amen. A while back, my wife took our then five-year-old daughter to a store called Build-A-Bear, where you can make your own stuffed animal. And my daughter chose to make a mocha-colored rabbit. And on the way home, the song called Macho Man by the village people was playing on the radio. I don't know why my wife was listening to a station that played the village people, but just leave it there. And, And when my daughter heard the song, she got confused between the word mocha and macho. And so she said, macho, macho is the color of my bunny. And when my wife told me that story, I kind of liked that phrase. So I decided that if I ever write a book, that's going to be its title. Macho is the color of my bunny. I have no idea what that book would be about, but it sounds very postmodern. Don't you think? You'd buy it just out of curiosity, wouldn't you? Okay, that story has almost nothing to do with the sermon today. I just wanted to tell it. We're going to continue on our sermon series called The Book of First Opinions, uh, about those opinions we have that we're sure in the Bible but that aren't. And today I want to talk about the perception that Jesus is a nice guy. Not a macho guy, more of a mocha-colored bunny kind of a guy. See, I made it connect, right? That's what degrees in literature are for, to find connections where they don't exist. Jesus is nice, and we're supposed to be nice, too. Now, that word can mean a lot of things to a lot of people, so let me define it. By nice, I mean kind of mild-mannered, kind of docile, with maybe just a tinge of wimp. And I think we get that idea that that's how Jesus is from Sunday school pictures that always show Jesus kind of looking meek and mild and rather anemic. And maybe we get that idea from pastors who always look meek and mild and rather anemic. I don't know. But there are a couple of problems with that image of Jesus as nice. And for starters, it's not in the Bible. Yes, Jesus is loving. Yes, Jesus is gentle. But he also could be pretty fierce and in your face. We're talking about the man who called the religious leaders of his day a brood of vipers. And then in the story we just read, he turned over the merchants' tables in the, in the temple. Now, the reason he did that was because back then, in order to worship in the temple, you needed two things. You needed an animal to sacrifice and money to give as an offering, which had to be paid in special temple currency, both of which the merchants were willing to provide at an exorbitant fee. The fee was so high it made it impossible for the poor to worship in the temple. Plus, the merchants were blocking what was called the court of the Gentiles, where non-Jews could worship God. And this made Jesus so angry that he takes a whip to drive out the animals, and then he turns over the merchants' tables. Now, that's not nice, is it? That is not the kind of thing that religious leaders are supposed to do. I mean, let's just imagine that one Sunday, Scott Dean here goes berserk. It's possible. And he starts turning over music stands and shouting, No, I said C major, C major. That would be a problem, don't you think? I mean, the elders and I would have to take him aside, find out what's wrong. You know, what is it, Scott? What, what's bugging you? you know, was it two weeks ago when Dudley sang a song from The Sound of Music? You know, he won't do it anymore. 
The problem with the Jesus is nice idea is it doesn't fully reflect the Jesus of Scripture, who was gentle, but also a fierce warrior. The other thing that's wrong with the Jesus is kind of meek and mild and nice idea is, is that it's a pretty unappealing view of Jesus. I mean, nice isn't exactly a comp- compliment. It's kind of wimpy. And I remember when I was in high school and, you know, if there's a girl you like, you'd try to figure out what she thought of you by asking her friends. And there was one phrase no guy ever wanted to hear. She thinks you're nice. Right. The kiss of death. Can I have an amen from the guys? Ah, I hear some of them going, yeah. You know, because if she said that, you knew that three days later she'd be riding off with a biker dude from the Hells Angels because she wanted a bad boy, not a nice boy. In fact, I think the whole Jesus is gentle, meek, and mild, and nice. I think that's part of the reason why a lot of men don't want to come to church. It just, nobody wants to be nice. It's just not very inspiring. The writer Kevin Lehman tells a story of a mother who caught her two sons fighting over who would get the first pancake for breakfast. And so she said, you know, if Jesus were here, he'd, he'd say, let my brother have the first pancake. I can wait. So the older boy turned to the younger and said, Ryan, you be Jesus. Now, I think Jesus probably would offer up his pancake, but there is a difference between having the strength and self-confidence to give because you have chosen to do it as opposed to doing it because you're just kind of a doormat and a wimp. Nice isn't a very inspiring thing to be. A third problem with the Jesus is nice idea is it makes us think that our job is to go out there and be wimps for Jesus. For instance, I have had Christian business people ask me, is it okay to fire someone for poor performance at the office, or is that not Christian? And I always say, look, if you've given them opportunities to to improve, and if you're giving them a generous severance package, yes, fire them. (laughs) Honest, because keeping a person in a job they can't do isn't good for you, it's not good for the company, but mostly it's not good for that person. You need to release them, to let them go find a better fit. We can be firm and be Christians. The Jesus of the Bible has muscles. Especially when it comes to the things that block us from getting to God. You know, the Bible calls us the temple, God's temple. We are God's temple. And just like Jesus turned over the tables in the temple in Jerusalem, Jesus wants to get into our lives and Jesus wants to get into our world and turn over the tables of sin and pride and greed and anything else that's going to keep us from him. And wherever he sees the effects of sin wrecking people through poverty or injustice or broken relationships or whatever, Jesus gets pretty scrappy to get rid of those things and to beat the tar out of the devil. Jesus has muscles. So what does this mean for us? Does this mean that we're supposed to kind of go out there and be rude, obnoxious jerks for Jesus? Of course not. That's not who Jesus was. But I do think this would mean three things for us. And the first is this. Jesus doesn't call us to be nice, but he does call us to be discerning. You know, when Jesus dealt with people who were oppressed or who were outcasts in society, lepers, prostitutes, something like that, Jesus showed nothing but grace mercy and tenderness. But when Jesus confronted religious hypocrisy, self-righteousness, or the forces of evil that wrecked people's lives, Jesus was fierce. 
And we are called to be equally discerning. There are times when Jesus calls us to show tenderness. And there are times when Jesus calls us to show strength. So before we go turning over our next door neighbor's picnic tables because his chihuahua ate our rutabaga plant, or before we go calling our boss the spawn of Satan, right? or, or before we go picketing and protesting and yelling about something that we don't like, we need to be sure God is calling us to show that kind of zeal. And we need to be really sure. We need to check it against Scripture. We need to pray about it. We need to run it by trusted Christian friends who can tell us if we really are called to show that kind of zeal or if we're just finding a way to justify lashing out in anger. can tell us the difference between righteous indignation and just pure self-righteousness. And when we show fierceness, we need to combine it with grace because Jesus always did. A couple months ago, we were negotiating some fees with the architects we've hired to design our new Sunday school building up the hill. And we got a team of really good negotiators to go do this. And one day I was coming into church as they were leaving to go negotiate. And, I mean, they had their game faces on. I mean, they looked scary. I wouldn't want to negotiate with them. Now, they weren't going to be rude. They were, you know, they were going to be polite and grace-filled, but they were going to be strong, too, in negotiating those fees. Because we have discerned that this is God's money we're spending here, and we're not going to waste one cent of it, paying fees that are higher than they need to be. We can be strong. But Jesus calls us to be discerning in how and when we show that strength. Second principle I get from this story is that Jesus doesn't call us to be nice, but he does call us to be bold. Bold in the ways that we point to him. Now, to be clear, I said bold, not obnoxious. And there's a difference. A woman I know of who's an elder in a Presbyterian church got on a plane a while back and sat down next to a man who was wearing a t-shirt that said God's gym. And that made her feel a little more bold. So she started to talk about God and how God had changed her life. And then they started talking about this man's spiritual journey and the questions he had. It was a great conversation. And towards the end of it, she said, I got to tell you the truth. It's really great to talk about these kinds of things. And one of the reasons I felt safe doing that was because I saw your t-shirt that said God's gym and I, I knew that you'd be interested. And the guy kind of pushed his chest, chest out. He said, actually, it says Gold's gym. Oops. And she said, well, God must have hid the L to make me a little more bold. Now, she wasn't being obnoxious. She wasn't shoving her religion down anyone's throat. She was bold. And I love the fact that we as a church are being bold with our time, with our talents, with our money to point to Jesus. A few weeks ago, some city officials were meeting with Brent Christie, the director of the Jubilee Reach Center that you all helped get started through the ripple effect. And unsolicited, these city officials told him that the Jubilee Reach Center and this church and the ways that we're out there serving the community have all been topics of conversation lately in some city meetings. And they even told about one atheist skeptic who said, yeah, but wait till they start trying to convert people. And then one of these officials said to that staff person, you just don't get it, do you? Of course people are going to become believers. So what's wrong with that? I just think that's cool. I mean, that, that when they talk about us, it's not just about how we create parking problems on Sunday. You know, and, and we're not being obnoxious. We're not forcing anything on anyone. But we are being bold with our time, with our talent, with our money to point to Jesus. And it's helping people see them, see him. And it's making some just a little uncomfortable. And that's good. 
Jesus doesn't call us to be nice. He calls us to be discerning, to be bold, and finally, Jesus calls us to be strong for him. The definition of injustice is the incorrect use of power. When powerful people use their power to take things from others or force something on them that they don't want to do. Justice, on the other hand, is the correct use of power. It's when strong people defend others. You see, it's not that Jesus is against strength and power. He just wants us to use it right. At a church I used to work at, I invited uh, Gary Haugen, president of International Justice Mission, to come and speak to a men's group. And IJM is a Christian organization, as you know, that goes into the developing world to rescue victims of injustice. And Gary described to this men's group all of these horrible situations where teenage girls had been abducted and forced into prostitution or, or widows had had their land taken. And, and then he asked, how should we as Christians respond to the perpetrators of this injustice, of these injustices? And one by one, the men in that group said things like, well, we should love those people or tell them about Jesus, things like that. And finally, Gary said, yes, yes, all those things, but first let's put them in jail to protect the innocent. The men in that group had been so conditioned by the gentle Jesus, meek and mild idea that they forgot that Jesus also stands for justice and that we need to place equal emphasis on Christ's command to turn the other cheek as well as his command to defend the weak. He tells us to do both. And that doesn't necessarily mean beating someone up or putting them in prison. There are many forms of strength that we have. Things like money and talents and knowledge all can be used to help other people. A while back, one of our employees here had to take her car into the mechanic. And she's single and she doesn't really know a lot about cars. And it was pretty clear that the mechanic was kind of taking advantage of that fact and charging her more than maybe was necessary. And she didn't have a lot of money, so this was hard, but, but she felt powerless to do anything about it. And she was sharing this with some of the staff, and, and a couple of people came up with this great idea. Send Bob to go to the mechanic with her. Now, some of you know Bob Christ, our business administrator. For those of you who don't, Bob's a, a big guy, and he's got a compassionate heart, but his exterior is, I mean, just, the best way to put it is Bob could intimidate a pit bull. And we all just sort of smiled at the thought of that mechanic having to come face to face with Bob. That was a good use of Bob. Be discerning, be bold, be strong for Christ, because the long and the short of it is Jesus doesn't call us to be nice. He calls us to be good. And good and nice are not the same thing. Good is different than nice. We are called to be good and dangerous, dangerous to the devil's plans, because that's what Jesus is. You know, from the very beginning in the, in the Bible, the picture of God that emerges is of a God on a mission. He is on a mission to take back what the enemy stole from him, his world and his people. And that mission culminates in Jesus Christ when God himself invades planet Earth to roll back the margins of evil and usher in his kingdom. Yes, Jesus is loving. Yes, he is gentle. Yes, he is kind. And Jesus is also God's warrior. Drop behind enemy lines to defeat the forces of the devil. And we are made in his image, and he calls us into his army. And it's not a political army. It's not a military army. It's a spiritual battle where every inch, every person, every minute is either claimed by God or counterclaimed by the devil. 
And we are called to participate with him in that battle. We are called to be good and dangerous. I have a friend who spent some time in Dublin, Ireland, working in a street kid ministry with a man there named Sean. And the way Sean got started doing street kid ministry was one day he was watching soccer on television and a voice went off in his head and it said, Sean, Sean, when are you going to get up off your rear end and do something for me? And he knew that was God because God is Irish. And so that started him thinking and praying, and he began to notice that some of the neighborhoods around him were getting awful filled with gangs and drugs and, and, and street kids and, and kind of some violence. So, so he decided to start hanging out with some of these street kids and mentoring them, particularly some of the young men. And he showed them a lot of love, but he wasn't always nice. He'd often confront the guys on their bad behavior and say things like, you think being a man's all about selling drugs and carrying a gun and treating women badly. But Jesus is the model man, and what he shows us is that being a man is working hard and treating people with dignity and fighting off the devil. And every once in a while, Sean and his partners round some folks up and mobilize a neighborhood to drive out a crack dealer and get him put in prison and stuff like that. And Sean acts like a good coach, praising the kids when they follow Jesus and confronting them when they don't. And he's changing not just lives, but whole neighborhoods. Now, is he nice? Not so much. But he is good, and he's dangerous to the devil. And he is having a great adventure partnering with Jesus in redeeming this world. So this week, how can you be discerning, bold, and strong? How can you be good and dangerous to the devil's plans? I have a friend who grew up as a pastor's kid, and he says that sometimes when people found out that his dad was a pastor, they'd say things like, oh, your dad's a pastor? You must be really nice. Well, wouldn't it be great if when those of us who call, if those of us who call ourselves Christians live life with such passion that when people heard that we were Christians, they'd, they'd say things like, whoa, I bet your life is one adventure after the next, or wow, you must be radical. And wouldn't it be great if when they heard the name Jesus, they didn't think of some anemic mouse of a man but a combination of perfect love and enormous power. I have a friend who was hiking in Alaska, and as he came around a corner, he noticed right in front of him was a bear cub. And to the side in the woods was the mother bear, and he was in between. So he took off running as fast as he could down the side of the mountain. The bear chased him, roaring, growling. I mean, this went on for a long time. He kept trying to duck around corners, and finally, eventually, he he was able to get away. But he said he never wants to meet a bear and her cub again. No kidding. That bear is a great picture of zealous love combined with enormous power and ferocity. And that is Jesus. Gentle, loving, full of mercy, but he also has a fierce love for us. And he will relentlessly seek and destroy anything that threatens our relationship with him. As C.S. Lewis put it, he's good, but he's not safe. He is God Almighty in human form. He spun the Milky Way, loosed the cords of Orion, bound the clusters of the Pleiades. He made the lamb, but he also made the shark, the bear, and the tiger. He crushed Pharaoh's army, split the Red Sea in two, chopped down Goliath, and rose from the dead. He is the King of kings and the Lord of lords. He is the Lion of the tribe of Judah, the Lord of hosts. 
the great I am, almighty God, everlasting father, prince of peace, the name above every other name. He's the rock of our salvation, the scepter of Israel, our shield and defender, the ancient of days. He is alpha, omega, beginning and end. He is savior, Messiah, redeemer, and friends, he is on our side. And that's good news. Amen, indeed. Lord Jesus, we pray that you would help us to be just like you, gentle, loving, merciful, when need be, and strong when you call us to be for you. We pray this in your name, Jesus. Amen. Amen.